0: Hello nerds, Curtis here from the Nerds and Love podcast. Before our episode starts, I want to mention our sponsor today, Adam and Eve. They are the internet's best place for sexy toys and lingerie. Is that ever in dispute? Now here's the thing, you know, we don't want you going to a creepy store. You go to the creepy store, you gotta go in there, people are looking at you like, why is this guy in here, why is this girl in here? It's kind of awkward, right? Don't get that with Adam and Eve. They ship the item right to your door. Uh, here's the other thing too, it's super cheap. Because when you go to Adam and Eve and you get your sex swing or your lingerie or whatever you may want, here's the thing. After you spend $59, you get free shipping. After you spend $17, you get a free gift. That's pretty awesome. And then here's the thing. That first item you put in your cart, when you enter the doors of checkout, you get 25% off that. That's incredible. That's awesome value. And it gets you things that you're going to use in your sexy times with whoever your significant other or fling of the week is. So remember guys, go to adamandneve.com today, check them out, buy something cool, and get sexy.
1: She won't get married because she's never been in love.
2: Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong,
0: you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body and... I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan.
2: And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth off.
0: I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big.
1: I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so
0: I do it. What do you mean love? You mean big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerds and Love podcast. I'm your host Curtis, and uh, we're changing up the uh, format a little bit here. Um, with me, as always, is Stephanie. Oh, and, hi, uh, hi, Steph. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Uh,
0: you know, just uh, as a friendly reminder, you know, uh, all the advice that we give, uh, you know, while it's great, uh, you know, it's not a substitute for you know pro- uh, professional mental health. So, if you are in crisis, seek professional help. But yes. Uh, with me, as always, is uh, Stephanie Sarkis. Uh, you can find her over at stephaniesarkis.com. Link will be in the uh, blog article if you want to, you know, go find her there. Doctor Def- Stephanie Sarkis, mind you. Uh, and joining us as a special guest this week is Doctor Ari Tuckman. And uh, Ari, you can be found over at uh, tuckmansike.com, correct?
2: That's what it is. Yep.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Ari, why don't you tell us a little bit about her, about yourself for the uh, listeners today?
2: Sure. I'm a psychologist in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Philadelphia. Um, I do a lot of work with folks with ADHD, and I also do uh, sex therapy, and I'm working on a book and related to ADHD and, and sex and relationships, and I have a few other books already. So uh, that's what I do.
0: That's awesome uh and i'm sure you know with all the the questions we have this week you'll be uh you know a huge help to a lot of our listeners so why don't we dive in here first email this week is from josephine nerds i've been dating this guy for around three weeks now and we've held off on sex we're preparing to do so this week any suggestions to make it special josephine the, 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 the first time how, how does uh josephine make it special what do you think stephanie any advice
1: uh, I'm going to kick it to Ari because Ari had a really good piece of advice. So,
0: oh, awesome.
2: So, so here's my thought. On the one hand, the first time is always special with somebody new because there's that kind of the excitement of not knowing what, how it's going to go, what they're going to be into, you, whether they're going to know what you're into. You don't really know how to, you know, do the most for each other yet. Um, on the other hand, the problem with the first time is. God, is there so much pressure and there's so much anxiety and, you know, it's kind of like the first time you're driving a car that you've never seen before. Like you don't know what's going to be the thing that's going to get this person going. So, so I think really my biggest advice is to just keep it casual, have fun, lots of communication and to, I don't know, like to not build it up in your mind and to not stress yourself out because that will make it, special in a bad way, as opposed to making it special in a good way.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. And I can wholeheartedly agree. I feel like the worst thing anybody could do is really just kind of you know, maybe be too rigid or something. It's it's something that should be fun. And, you know, I know for myself personally, there's been a few times where, you know, yeah, it's the first time with somebody. I end up probably laughing more than anything just because, you know, it's just, you know, you get in the moment, you have fun, and it becomes a little bit more humorous probably than, uh, you know, it might might or should be, but, uh, you know, still part of the fun. So yeah, right. I that... agree with keeping it a casual.
1: Yeah, and I, I would also embrace the awkwardness uh, yeah. Because you are going to have some awkward moments because it's the first time, uh, mm-hmm. and and that is just like like Ari said, you know, that's inherently special about it is that um, you're just getting to know each other in another level, um, mm-hmm. so you don't have to really make it special because it will kind of already be.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Um, let's move on to George's email here. Nerds, when messaging girls online, I'll sometimes say, hey, how are you on the first message and don't seem to get any responses back. That said, I don't know what else to say, either because there's nothing in their profile or nothing I can relate to. Any advice on how I can change this, George?
1: That gets into the, the online dating thing that it's, it's tough because you're just looking at somebody's profile and you're not really knowing the person. So I always go back to try uh, getting involved in something that you enjoy kind of in real life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Go to meetup.com groups, uh, join a a group that's uh, some kind of interest of yours kayaking or something and, and meet people that way because online, it just gets kind of tricky. And Ari and I were just talking about, there was a study that came out that said when you do online dating, you actually jump from person to person more because Mm -hmm. you have so much choice. And it's kind of like a grass is greener kind of thing that you're like, well, this person's okay, but I bet there's somebody better because I've got a hundred people to pick from. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of change it up and say, you know, maybe venture from the online dating.
0: Yeah. No. and, And that's something I've even noticed too is, yeah, you know, people tend to, it almost feels like there's a bit of a distance there between you and that other person. And I think maybe the problem that George is running into is when he says, hey, how are you? It comes across as very uh not personal like it it comes across this is very like blanket statement like you could say hey how are you to how many people and it sounds like maybe that's what he's doing it's just sending this out to multiple people um and i think you know maybe going the extra mile to maybe have a question that relates to something in their profile uh, and not just say the judge that you're not reading their profile, but maybe some kind of indicator that you have, like, you know, if they say, Hey, I like hiking say, Hey, you know, uh, I'm, you know, getting into hiking. Do you recommend any trails or something like that? Right. Like, you know, something that kind of shows some kind of engagement with their profile beyond just a blanket statement. Cause I, I know for myself personally, if I get something that's very blanket statement like that, I can tell that the person hasn't read my profile or, Mm -hmm. you know, they just haven't really bothered to. It's better to have some kind of engagement to show like, Hey, I actually have read your profile, you know, I'm engaging with you and the content that you've put out there. Um, and, you know, certainly I can agree that, you know, there's going to always be that case where, yeah, people are jumping around person to person a little bit more, but I think, you know, George, you could probably put in a bit of more of an effort to maybe engage with people and, you know, maybe if there's nothing to engage them with maybe you know something like a joke something that's you know maybe a little more engaging but doesn't quite have to incorporate parts of their profile because sometimes let's be honest people just don't put things in their profile they just put you know maybe a one sentence blurb and that's it and you know maybe they don't give you much to work with but you know that's always up to you too as to whether you feel comfortable engaging with someone like that but yeah But i wonder
2: you know if someone has nothing in their profile or very little i don't know like are they invested in this is this Mm -hmm. you know did they are they actually going to respond is there something that they're engaging in or or did they sort of throw a profile together and then sort of move on from it so Mm -hmm. you know i sort of feel like if someone is very little in their profile i think you move i don't know i don't know that it's it's worth the time necessarily i mean certainly if you got the time you can you know why not um But I feel like also if there's, you know, George says that, you know, there's nothing I can relate to, which I guess, you know, my thought then would be, I don't know, to to go fishing in some different waters to find people that you do relate to. So I think on the one hand, George definitely gets an A for effort, you know, the fact that he is reaching out to all these folks, but, um, but, you know, he may get a higher hit rate if he, um, you know, reaches out to some of the right folks, meaning the folks who are right for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it depends, too, on maybe the, uh, you know, what you're using, right? You know, something like uh, Plenty of Fish or Cupid. people tend to be looking more for relationships. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit different there. Meanwhile, on Tinder, you know, somebody might just be looking for something a little bit more casual. And they might, you know, be a little more fine with a more casual kind of question to begin with. So, yeah, I think you're right. It really, it's, it's also, you know, how you're you're getting across to those people that really makes a difference, too.
1: Yeah, I guess too. You're right. If I got something that says, Hey, how are you? I'd wonder how many other girls that he wrote that to. That would be, I guess that'd be my automatic response. Because I I would say, Oh, well, that's, you know, socially appropriate to say, Hey, how are you? But I'd also like kind of think it's cut and paste. Mm
0: -hmm. Maybe
1: so. um, But yeah, he definitely gets an A for effort. Go George.
0: You know and even for myself like you know being on the online dating space like i've noticed that there's times where somebody will send out something and i can very much tell that it's a blanket statement it's something that they're probably just copy pasting and you know i kind of instantly feel myself sort of like "Mm, okay like i i I don't really feel like like they've put in the effort so i don't really feel like putting in the effort so uh, you know it just you know i I think it really just comes down to that is you know it's really what you're putting in that you're going to get back so mm-hmm. um let's move on to christine's uh email. Oh, by the way i think i've been like reading all the emails just
1: <laughs> i was gonna um, let you roll with that that's cool I, I'm ter- I'm terrible
0: Sometimes
1: <laughs> Steph, it was only two it's okay
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's i'm feeling so way. left out now <laughs> i yeah sometimes i just get used to it just reading things And like wait you know what I, I shouldn't be just hoarding all these emails I'm terrible. <laughs> Uh, Steph, why don't you read, uh, Christine's email? Sure.
1: Today? Oh, so now you can be the really long one. I see how yeah. this works.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm giving Ari the, uh, the, the short one since he's our Oh, guest
1: g- yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you should do that as he's a guest. <laughs> so, uh, nerds in January, I broke up with my now ex. Uh, things, thing is that we live together and will continue to live together until June out of necessity. We have separate rooms. I'm sleeping in the main bedroom and he's sleeping in the guest bedroom. I'm concerned that other guys won't take this well upon me telling them. Perhaps I'm a little too paranoid about this. Either way, would love some advice on how to handle this. Thanks and love the podcast, Christine. I mean, my first thought is find a way to live separately. I know you said that out of necessity, but you could get somebody to rent that space. Um, I'm not sure what your financial situation is, but uh, when you are split up, but still living in the same place, you really kind of hinder the healing process and creates a lot of awkward situations when you both start dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would really look at what options you have, because um, my guess is you there is something you could probably work out. It may not be what you, the ideal for you, uh, and it may be that, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a money crunch for a little bit, but again, I don't know if this is necessarily healthy to, to be living with the person that you uh, were in a relationship with. And I don't know how long it's been, but still, um, the fact you're living together, I'm assuming that you were, you've been together a while. Um and yeah, it, it might it might be a little awkward when you bring dates over and you're like, hey, I uh my ex. Um but you know, I've also seen situations where, you know, financially it's it's really difficult to split up that way. So um I don't know, I'd really look at what your options are for living separately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, something that I kind of read into here is you say until june um you know maybe it's a case where they have like a rental agreement or something that they both kind of have to stick to until you know that time so um that being said i think you know there is some positive in the situation and that you know at least there is a date where this will end it's not something that's you know uh, infinite. You know there is sort of a, a limit to how long you guys are going to be living together before you can you know find your way. And I don't know the specifics, so that's why, I I was thinking the same thing as you, Steph, when I first read this. Like, hey, just move out, just go do your own thing. But then I'm thinking like maybe there are other factors that we're just not privy to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the fact that you're saying like yeah we can't we can't move out because that was my initial reaction was just just move out. But like I I think. Letting someone know, like, hey, you know, I'm not able to move out of this place with this person, I do have to stick with them, uh, you know, for the time being, but we do, you know, sleep separately and all this other stuff, you know, letting the other person know what the situation is, and it doesn't have to be right away, it's not like, you know, when you go meet the person for the first time, the first thing out of your mouth is, hey, I'm living with my ex. Um, But I think that's something that you do want to introduce relatively early and let the other person know what the situation is and, you know, whether they're comfortable with it or not will be up to them. Uh, You know, some people are fine with it. Some people might not be, but I I think the call is ultimately up to them. Um, But yeah, Ari, what do you think?
2: I think that this is a great screening test Mm -hmm. that if you tell someone, here's the deal. I'm living with my ex we're not involved, we haven't been for however long, you know, whatever, whatever. So totally honest, I mean, you gotta be honest. Um, I think if someone gets really weird, I mean, okay, initially kind of like, oh, um, well, tell me about that. I think it's totally fair to have a bunch of questions. But if after that initial thing, if they're so kind of weird and jealous and insecure about it, um, I don't know, I mean, I, I will freely admit like weird and jealous and insecure is totally, like a turnoff for me, but mm-hmm. you know, other people have different feelings about it. But but I would go running. Like if um, you know, if someone really got kind of weird and jealous and insecure about it mm-hmm. or started pressuring or made me feel guilty about it or whatever. So um you know now whether you bring people back to your place, uh, I don't know. That's that's a different question. You know, because that also yeah. considers is going to be weird with your ex. You know, you need to then for the next four months go, go back to someone else's place instead, maybe um, probably added a decency to your ex and perhaps they're being decent in the same way. But um, I don't know. I think certain things are, are kind of good screening tests for potential mates It tells you pretty quick what their deal is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a great screener. Yeah. And we also don't know how the ex dealt with the breakup too. So uh, if you have somebody else over, I'm not sure if maybe the ex is going to come out and there might be some jealousy or issues in in that part and, you know, start talking to the person you're with. So that's what I kind of be concerned about too. And again, we don't really know what his side of it is. Um, But Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would probably lean towards, you know, go to the other person's house more often.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just about honesty and Mm -hmm. communication which I think is going to be the answer to every question that we get. Um, I was just about like, be honest, like this is Mm -hmm. what the deal is so that the other person can make the choices that they're going to make. And that usually it's the cover up that's much more problematic than the crime.
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, we we, we always kind of joke about that with a lot of these emails, like, yeah, honest, honesty and communication would solve 99% of these issues. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's kind of funny, but, you know, what? That's, that's why we're here to help. So, um, yeah, well, good luck, Christine, and, you know, hopefully it gets resolved, and hopefully you find uh, a guy or gal that, uh, you know, is, is comfortable with the, you know, the situation. Um, all right, did you want to read Sam's email?
2: I do. So... I think we've already answered it, at least partially, but but that's okay. There, there's some other <laughs> other good nuances here. So, mm-hmm. nerds, what is everyone's take on ghosting? I'm ghosted on more than one occasion, and I get quite mad about it every time. I want to know what others think about it. Perhaps I'm overreacting. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, ghosting sucks. I mean, it's just a crappy, crappy thing to do to someone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, unless... It's, you know, like a witness protection program kind of a thing that you're, you know, you need to disappear. But um, I think it's just kind of it's just a crappy thing to do to do to people. Um, And I think it's just it's kind of an act of cowardice that rather than being honest and direct and saying, look, I just don't think it's working out or have other things going on or things are heating up with another person or something. to just kind of disappear feels easier. And it is. And it is. But you know, I think, I don't know, I think there's an element of personal integrity there. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's one of those things that you should not, I I was gonna say you can't, but you can. You should not complain about other people ghosting you if you ghost other people. Um, And I think it's just a cultural thing. Like we gotta change the culture of it. Um, Mm -hmm. The only sort of wrinkle I'll put on this is that there is this idea of that the truth is earned And if you are someone who comes across as incredibly needy incredibly demanding potentially kind of violent or angry people will not tell you the truth and uh, you know so if that's the case i think you need to look at how you're presenting yourself to other people but um but assuming that that's not the case for most people then i think it's just i think it's on the other person and i think that rather than take it as as a cut on you that this person ghosted you I think it's really just, it's kind of disappointing. Like, you know what? I kind of thought this person was better than that. I don't know. Guess I was wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I also think, too, I mean, we're in a culture where everybody texts, uh, goes on Snapchat. Um, and so it's, it's lent itself to less personal communication. Uh, and, you know, back in an organized day, because we're a little older, um, you talked by phone. And I think people are less likely to do that because there's an intimacy that happens over the phone that you don't get with text messages. Uh, and also it's, it's a way that people avoid experiencing uncomfortable feelings and, yeah. uh, when you ghost. And, and so it, when you keep avoiding that stuff, it's going to be harder and harder to deal with as you date and as you find that you're not clicking with somebody. Uh, and so I would say the people that feel like they're ghosting, take a look at why you're doing it. Is it that you're feeling uncomfortable talking to that person or like Ari said, you know, well, first during the witness protection program, <laughs> or, or is it that, um, you know, you're feeling just kind of, uh, that this person may be a powder keg and you want to back off a little bit, but if it's because you just don't want to take responsibility for those feelings, I think that's something to really look at. Cause at some point you're going to have to do that. And it's better to just dive in and, do it rather than put it off because eventually you're gonna have to
0: yeah it's interesting too whenever i hear from people who have ghosted someone the the logic on it always is is oh it's probably mutual they probably understand they probably are picking up on this and i think the problem with that is that they're assuming that the other person is maybe receptive to that or is you know maybe That's how they deal with, you know, truths like that, you know, like it's kind of a, it's a large assumption to believe that, you know, you ghosting someone is going to be, you know, received well by that person. And I think that's where the problem comes because we're not a society where you can say, oh, this, you know, one way of dealing with things is right for everybody. Right. And, you know, maybe for one person, you know, if they, you never heard, if they never hear from someone again, they can at least go, okay, yeah, obviously this didn't work out, I'm fine, I'll move on. But other people, you know, obviously get very, uh, you know, maybe invested with someone, they feel, you know, a very good bond with that person, and then to be ghosted, it's a huge, you know, hit to them emotionally and whatnot, so.
1: Right. And, um, and if it didn't bother people, it wouldn't be called ghosting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, it exactly. wouldn't have a title. Like, so, and I, I think that, you know, speaking to Ari's idea about integrity, I think that's it, is that, you know, people with integrity, you don't do that to someone, it's just part of being a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, if you're having a hard time with saying to someone, uh, you know, I'm, this isn't going to work for me, again, we have to look at why you're doing that. And that may be yeah. something that, you know, even worth talking to a mental health professional about, uh, because that, then you get into some issues of, you know, intimacy and, and, and you know, are are you having issues with intimacy? You know, you get too close to the person and then you ghost um, because that happens to quite a few people. So um, so Mm -hmm. the ones that are ghosting, you know, it does impact the other person.
0: Yeah. And it's also, you know, something too that, you know, if you are ghosting somebody, you know, that looks poorly upon you and you know maybe it might be in another romantic encounter where you know that person is friends with the person that you ghosted before and now knows that you know that might look poorly on you or um there was even a case where a friend of mine went for a job interview and the person interviewing him was somebody that he had ghosted and, oh. yeah and awesome to say that it was that's, good. that's ghost <laughs> karma that's total ghost karma yeah <laughs> And, you know, he did not get the job. And, you know, <laughs> you could probably figure why, right? Um, i like you probably... have to add that part in. <laughs> and the thing is, too, is he's listening to this, I know, right now. And he's probably hating <laughs> me for mentioning this. That's why I'm not saying his name. But um, I think the, the, the thing to keep in mind, too, is that's a reflection on character. And, you know, you might not think of it at that time as something like that, but it is. So take the few seconds to just text that person and say hey i feel like it's not quite working out or something like that it doesn't take you long to do and it's probably going to reflect better on you in the long run than this whole ghosting thing because yeah you don't want to be in a case like my friend where he's going for a job interview for a decent job and he doesn't get it because the girl got ghosted by him so yeah
2: Yeah. yep it happens small world sometimes
0: yeah yeah i also want to just
1: reiterate what ari said too yeah if it's someone that you're concerned or safety at all and that's understandable mm-hmm. to just cut off contact. Sometimes, you know, if you if you're with someone that you think might be a narcissist or a sociopath, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you know that is the best way to do it, is just cut off contact and block their number and block their email. Um, mm-hmm. But again, in most cases, ghosting is just not a not an appropriate way to do things.
0: Exactly. You know, and even if even if you and this other person did not get along, it's always good to, you know. Be the better person and i don't mean that in like an egotistical way but you know it's, it's good to just kind of put yourself forward and say hey you know i just want to let you know this wasn't quite working out or whatever right so all right um let's move on to jake's email nurse i matched with this girl on tinder we met up for drinks and later went back to her place for sex thing is though i'm not physically attracted to her she's probably around 50 pounds heavier than she is in her photos She's nice enough and good and bad. So my question is: Does this person not matching exactly who they are on their profile mean much of anything, Jake? Interesting. Um, yeah. What, what do you think, Steph?
1: I, my my. Well, Jake, I was gonna be really tough on you in the beginning, and um, then I started thinking about it. And I mean, maybe she's wondering, you know, if that, you know, do you look like your profile picture? <laughs> you know, yeah. So maybe she's wondering about that um you know i i think it's i think jake time to look at kind of um some of the things that that happened that maybe um that may have led to this um you met her and you knew that she was heavier than in her photo but yet you still went back to her place Uh, um so my feeling is is that you know if your profile doesn't match yeah that might be a red flag but is it more that, um, you know, you're, you're looking for a type of person that, um, I don't want to say doesn't exist, but, you know, if, if you like her, I mean, it's, I don't know, Jake. There's a I lot to know. unpack here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, personally, I feel like there's, the main thing that kind of bothers me is he didn't bother to maybe, And you don't have to ask directly, like, hey, are you going to lose this weight? But, you know, maybe... (laughs) And that's... uh, uh, Don't be mean. Yeah, don't do that. see if, if it's something that you know they're working on right because yeah you know let's be honest you know in a few months sometimes people can gain weight and you know maybe it's a stress thing maybe it's something else
1: it could be and medication they... or a medical condition i mean there are exactly. several medicines that can make you gain weight really quickly and mm-hmm. also you know it's it's not that i mean it's not like she feels great about that i mean she's no. already probably feeling uncomfortable yeah. um so or else she change her profile picture and again sometimes that weight sneaks up and people don't even realize it too
0: exactly but i feel like ultimately you know you maybe want to find out if it is something that she is working on or if it's something that is going to be you know a more serious issue down the road and i i think you just kind of going oh she's a little heavier than she is in her profile is you know pretty ignorant of you and you know you got to kind of look, look at things from both sides to kind of You know see where she might be coming from too rather than just taking your side fully um but also too i mean if you're if you aren't physically attracted to her why did you go sleep with her i mean that's that's pretty crude i I would say you know like she's she's probably feeling pretty good that you you know thought that you know she was attractive enough to you know go sleep with her i think now going and doing you know telling her the opposite would be pretty devastating for her i would imagine so you know should have probably thought that through but I mean, not really much you can do after that.
2: But I feel like there's, I feel like there are two separate issues here and they're getting blended together. So I think one of them is, um, the question is of, you know, what her weight is and how Jake feels about that in the sense of like, is he attracted to her? Is he not? Um, and you know, whatever, we all have our preferences, um, you know, and yet we all live in real life. Um, nobody looks like porn stars, even porn stars. So, um, (laughs) You know, and there's certainly a lot about a good sexual experience. It goes beyond just what somebody looks like. Um, so, so, like, there's that whole question. But I do think that there's another question here, which is, it's kind of the element of deception, that, you know, she wasn't five or ten pounds heavier. She was, like, 50 pounds heavier, which I think is is beyond the point of I didn't notice it. So so I can empathize with her, especially if you're going to be on Tinder, that, you know, that she may real, she may have experienced or just assume that, you know, with a less attractive picture, if, if that's indeed the case that some people will find her less attractive, um, you know, that she's not going to get as many swipes from the people that she wants swipes from. But I do think that there's something, I don't know, like I feel like it's a setup for trouble. Um, especially when it's something like this that will so immediately come out as wait a second this is not really this is not what i signed up for um you know so for example a picture that is you know if someone is a bit older but it's like a 10 or 20 year old picture like as soon as you meet them you realize wait a second this isn't you know the person i saw in the profile um now if you're just looking to hook up with someone once i guess it's it's less of a big deal but i think if if you're looking to have a relationship that that deception i don't know like that that that's a red flag for me um doesn't mean you got to go running but i think you could certainly have a conversation this you know to just ask about it and to say you know it kind of makes me nervous you know that if right from the very beginning you were not honest are are there other things that you're not going to be honest about um mm-hmm. So I don't know, I think it, it makes it for an important, if not necessarily enjoyable conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I think it's, it's kind of a lot. And I think going back to it at the end of the day, you just got to communicate and discuss it maybe a bit further. <clears throat> Cause yeah, you know, as we've said before, most of these emails will boil down to that communicate and be honest and who knows good things might happen uh let's move on to uh rachel's email uh steph did you want to read read uh sure
1: rachel's email? sure uh nurse i've been dating this guy for a month he wants to incorporate things like toys and kinks in our sex life i'm not necessarily bored with our sex life but i would love to see what he brings to the table so do you think this will help our sex life or is it a little gimmicky um i you know that's it just depends on what you like um there's a really great website called mojo upgrade that you can you and your partner can take and figure out if you're into the same things uh, you rate different, uh, you know, things like toys and kinks, and you say, um, you know, if you're very interested in that, if you're interested only if your partner is, and then it matches you up with what your commonalities are. So that may be a good way to kind of figure out. You know what you both like and that kind of um gets through some of the you know if you're feeling like it's a little gimmicky and it's like like he's bringing like a sh- like a stick into the bedroom or something you know i would yeah. try doing something like that where you can see you know what you're on the same page about and, and if you like doing that stuff why not you know if, it, if it's something that excites you and go for it
2: mm-hmm. i think like it comes down to that. not necessarily what you're doing but i think it's why you're doing it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think that you can make anything into a gimmick if you're just going through the motions and you can make i don't know like missionary position sex with the lights off incredibly hot if you're doing it for the right reasons and in the right way so um i mean i'm certainly in favor of all these other like whatever you want to add knock yourself out but i don't know i think that it's really about the intention and how you do it more so than what you're actually doing
0: Mm mm-hmm And I think when I read this, like, my big thing was, you know, that, you know, she's coming from the perspective of, well, I'm fine, you know, there's nothing, you know, that needs to be changed, but, you know, maybe he feels like things are maybe getting a little stagnant, and so, even, even if, you know, maybe you know Rachel you're not like fully on board with this or not even maybe that maybe you you don't feel like it's a necessity you know maybe come from the perspective of if he's bringing this up you know maybe he feels like it's you know something he needs to kind of maybe be a little bit more invested in the sexual side of things so I would say definitely you know give it a try if even just to kind of you know see if it helps him and, you know, maybe makes things more comfortable and pleasurable for him. Um, And of course, I think, you know, making sure it's not gimmicky. I think it really comes down to just ensuring that, you know, you're balancing both the things that he would like uh, with what you'd like. And I think that's always doable. It's just a matter of just making sure that, you know, both of you are kind of getting something out of that experience that, uh, you know, helps both of you in the long run. Mutually uh, beneficial, as they say.
1: Yeah. And then again, it sounds like Rachel is, is assuming that her partner's bored. Um, when, you know, it may just be that that's what he likes. So, yeah. um, you know, we do things for all different reasons cause we're, we're unique people. So yeah. yeah. Communication and honesty. Here we go again.
0: There we go. <laughs> that's a good episode title for this week. Communication and honesty. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: A little C and H. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ari, did you want to read the last email of the week from Kelly and Mark?
2: Sure. So, we, 24-year-old female and 25-year-old male, listen to the podcast every week. We've been considering getting married for a few months now. We've dated for three years, love each other, and are pretty established in our careers now that we're on our career paths. Is there anything else we should consider before getting engaged? So, big, big question. Um <laughs> so yeah i mean i think first of all the fact you've been dating for a few years is good um you know i think that the better you know each other before you get engaged i think the more likely it's going to be a good decision um i mean i think it just it has to do with you know not just do you love each other but do you like each other have you had conversations about the big stuff like you know kids and money for example um you know, what about, I don't know, like, where where do you see your lives going ultimately? And you know, obviously, we always need to make certain sacrifices in a relationship. I mean, anytime you involve somebody else, you don't get everything you want. But you know, overall, are they pretty compatible? How do you feel about each other's families? Do you get along with them? Do you kind of like where they've come from? Um, not that that's always a deal breaker, but it's certainly helpful if you do. so. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Steph, what do you think?
1: I would think um, also just to look at, you know, even things like the sounds, it can be a big deal. Like which houses are you going to go to for, um, that's a thing. Um, you know, are you thinking about maybe doing premarital counseling, religion, Are do either of you belong to religion how important is it to you? Um, and also Kelly and Mark, I, I don't know if, I don't think this mentions if you live together or not. So that's another thing that, that, um, you know, that's when, you know, things stop being plain, and start getting real. You know, when you see that somebody, somebody doesn't put the cap on the toothpaste or whatever. Um, so that might be something you want to consider if you're not living together. Um, I think studies show that, uh, Ari, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you live together, I don't, is there an increased rate of success in marriage or is it the same as if you don't live together first? I can't remember which one it was. Uh, I
2: don't remember. I think part of the problem with that is that I think there's an overlay here that, People who are more likely to move in together tend to be a bit more liberal. People who Mm -hmm. tend to be liberal are also more willing to get divorced. By contrast, Mm -hmm. people who are more conservative, less likely to live together beforehand and more likely to stay married. Now, whether that's a good thing that they're staying married, that's a different question because there are Mm -hmm. certainly people who are miserable, but they stay together because they don't feel like they can leave. And then there are people who don't feel like they can leave and then say, damn, I got to work on this and be less miserable. So that can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it all gets a little convoluted. I think there's other factors that that get involved in that data. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. But I think it
2: brings up actually then kind of another thing is, you know, how do you guys do with solving problems together? Because you will have problems in life. Um, You know, do you guys work well together? Do you solve problems? constructively do you respect each other even when you disagree do you treat each other nicely um you know like that's pretty important stuff also
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting that like they've been together for three years so in my mind it it sounds like you know if you've been together for three years you would have probably seen and heard of a lot of the things that might potentially be pretty damning uh when you're with someone so I think that's kind of in their favor that yeah it's not just like a hey we've been together for a month and i want to get married like you know it, it seems like they've probably seen and you know heard each other do things that would probably you know give them a better idea if of it of works i'd say honestly it comes down to probably comfort level you know like how comfortable do you both feel with each other um you know is there anything that still stands out that might be worth considering before you decide to make that step because you know I, i've both seen and heard of cases where people get married when there's very clearly issues that need to be worked out first and then they just jump into marriage thinking that it'll fix their issues when if anything it kind of exacerbates things and makes it worse so i think maybe if you do have any kind of like uncomfortable things that you know you have that you want to resolve it might be good to maybe deal with those first and you know if only if you do feel like you're fully comfortable with you know each other and you know you're both comfortable in the situation then it might be you know a good time to maybe proceed forward but i think like uh it's been touched on we're just there's a lot missing here so we don't quite fully know if everything's there to, you know make a proper call either way
1: and marriage amplifies whatever you already have so, uh, it's not a fix. So I've worked with couples that, uh, there was one thing that didn't work. And so they decided to get married because I would resolve it. And then yeah, the, the way that people are like, like for instance, sex, um, someone only likes having sex once a week. The other person wants to have sex every day and they get married thinking that, and I have a couples come up with this issue. They, they get married thinking that, Oh, now the person want to have sex every day. And they're surprised when they don't. Um, mm-hmm. so sex doesn't, or marriage doesn't solve that stuff. It just kind of amplifies what you have. Uh, one of the books I recommend to couples is called the, the marriage compatibility test. And it's, it, it's a bunch of questions about things like, just like even like what temperature do you like the house to be vacations? You know, do you want to go to vacation just when you saved up enough money? Do you want to do um, you know, last minute vacations? Are you a planner? You know, all the stuff that you don't necessarily think about. And the more you know about each other before you get married, I think the less surprises you have. And also, you can also talk to a mental health professional too, and just go over you know what your expectations are for marriage and kids. Again, are that's a huge um, you know question. You're both established in your careers. Are you thinking about you know waiting a little bit to have kids, or do I have the right away? Uh, what if uh, there's an accidental pregnancy that happens? How are we both uh, feeling about that? Uh, so those are all the things to think about. So and, I, and all three of us have been married, and and you know. I, I fully endorse marriage, uh, but it, you know, mm. it's, it's a big question.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. Well, I think that's it. Unless there's any other fleeting advice for Kelly and Mark.
1: Go on, you crazy kids, get married, then check yeah. in with us.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we can still provide post-marriage uh, support and advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: You don't have to leave us yet. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Ari, for joining us this week. And thank you, uh, Stephanie, as always, and r- reminders to our listeners that uh, you can check out uh, Stephanie over at StephanieSarkis.com and Ari over at TuckmanPsych.com if you ever want to you know, check out uh, their websites and maybe reach out to them uh, personally and uh with that kim will be back with us next week and um we'll we'll answer more of your questions and uh don't forget to email three angry at gmail.com if you have uh any questions or need advice all right see you guys next week